Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome to the second episode of the second season of the Brisbane Football Review, presented by the Daily Football Show. We're live-ish on location at Lions FC here in Richland as the Raw prepare for their first pre-season friendly. It's James, Scott and Adam with you guys. Hello, and how nice is it to be recording out in the fresh air? This is great. Uh, like I said, they have the big, the big gold line out in front, and uh, we're ready for some football. A bit of a mess to get into the place, but yeah, it's not bad. I had no troubles. I'm very glad Lions is hosting us tonight. It's <laughs> a beautiful spot. And, yeah, we're here for the Heritage Cup, I believe it is. Shield. Heritage Shield. Her- yes. Heritage Shield, that's You were right. there last week and saw the trophy. You should know what it looks like. You'd think so, but mad cow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this episode's going to really be our FFA Cup preview special, but before we get into that, we're going to talk about some of the news stories that have been going around the Raw. No news at all about the Raw at the moment. So. <laughs> well, the good news is they found their marquee striker in Massimo Macarone. He had his introduction with uh, the Raw yesterday. Key stats is 37, soon to be 38. Professional debut in 1998 on loan at Prato. He's also played for Empoli, Middlesbrough, Palermo, Sampdoria. And it's just coming from another stint at Empoli. Overall, he's played over 550 appearances in two of the toughest leagues in Europe. He, yeah, it was an interesting way that the uh, signing came about. We're going to throw to John Aloisi when he was asked how the signing came about here. No, really excited. Um, it came about uh, his agent, Vince Grella, who I know really well, contacted me while I was on holiday um, and uh, asked me if I'd be interested and you know because I'm uh, a football tragic and I watch uh, leagues around the world all the time every weekend and uh, I know a lot of players going around overseas you know in Italy, Spain, England, um, Germany and uh, so I knew Macaroni really well, um, watched his recent games and he's someone that's got you know the, a great goal scoring record but he's, he's also a hard worker um, which we like. Um, great person, which I know because uh, players, uh, Australian players, have played with him, and that uh, we found, you know, some good information about him, and uh, I think he will suit our style of football. And that's what Aloisi had to say. So, fans, not too happy with signing a 37-year-old Adam. What was your first reaction? Oh, look, I'm I'm on the fence on this as far as you know the whole sort of how he'll perform, but I think what, what really sort of, I guess, annoyed me as a fan, seeing the fellow supporters write him off before he even set foot in the country. Like, I know, I know it's, a, it's, a, it's a red flag, 37 yep, years old, but, you know, well, you, can't, you can't trade away that sort of experience. So, you know, I, like, so I get the fans, you know, have got concerns, and, you know, it may work out, may not, but at least give the guy a chance because he's got good pedigree and you know, he can score goals. And he does look a little bit like Kevin Musket. <laughs> That's the scary part about it. <laughs> Adam's right. The age is a red flag. There's no getting around that. But you, I don't want to judge him yet because he is, did play in the Serie A last year. That's a very high level of football. So I think we've got to at least give him the chance to, to, to play a game or two and see what he's like here. But on mm. the whole, I mean, there's a, Adam's point about experience is a good one. But I just wonder, have we got too much of those experienced players now? I'm wondering how that dynamic is going to play out throughout the season. But I'm not 
you, you can't judge macaroni based think, on the signing. I think to your point, Scotty, I think the, the issue that, you know, I guess is that the club are high in nothing either way because yeah. it's either, like I said, they, they, the sense from the fans is that, you know, they want to yeah. be playing finals football every year. Yeah. So they can't exactly dismantle a team, play a bunch of kids and risk missing finals because they unfortunately... No, no one's talking about just playing yeah. kids, but you want the right balance in not just the squad, but also in the starting 11 as yeah. well, which is something but, we might get to later. Exactly, but, yeah. The way I kind of look at it as if... Macaroni was 32, 33 or whatever, everyone would be just ecstatic because it seems like, aside from the age, he's checking all the boxes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, on paper, it's a tremendous signing except for the age. It's the one red flag, and I think yeah. it's not fair to judge him based on that. I think that's what Aloisi was saying yesterday in the press conference. Don't judge him based on the age. I think that's yeah. accurate. And that's what he said in Marco Monteverde's yeah. story as well. Yeah, judge him in December or January yeah. when he's had two, three months of game time here. And, look, and see just, how he's going. Just for me being a smug prick here, you take a look at some of the other late 30, you know, high-performing yeah. athletes around the world. Yeah. Tom Brady, Roger yeah. Federer. No, look what they're Del Piero doing. is a good example. People look at Del Piero and say, oh, he played really well, but Sydney never won anything. I think that's more the fact that they had a team built and he turned up last minute and had to change everything around to fit him in. Macaroni is here a lot earlier and the team seems to be built to suit his strengths. So I think it's a very different situation. And that was one thing that we've all wanted really coming forward was the yeah. fact that we're getting this experienced player like Corona, like Christensen, guys that are coming in. But now he's got, what, three-ish months before yeah. the A-League season kicks off. They'll be right up to speed when the season starts. I think there's one sign to go if you believe the rumours in the press a winger most likely. But if you believe the, squad is, here. the squad is here basically, ready to go. Well, I saw the number. I think they've got, what, 20 people signed up? Something like that, yeah. So yeah. there's plenty you know, for, to really be excited for. Adam, like, what do you think the best way for him to silence the doubters is? I think it's simple. He's just got to score goals, yep. and, the, and the team has to be successful. I think it's, yeah. uh, uh, like I said, we, we can we can try and be as complex as possible. I think the simple yeah. answer is the, the the doubters will go silent if he scores goals, yeah. and you know, and the team is winning. Yeah, strikers are judged on goals, James, as they always are. I mean, remember Sergio Van Dijk when he first arrived? He didn't <laughs> score for the first half of the season, and everyone was on his back, and he turned out and scored like 15 goals. I mean, in the second I half mean, of the year. That's so. how really didn't yeah. only really so they. Step four when well after we smashed Adelaide seven one that that night. So yeah, that was his coming up party, yeah. yeah. And truth be told, like you look at you know the comparisons between him and the guys replacing Jamie McLaren, you know what McLaren might have over him in pace, Macaroni's going to have in experience, guile, all the things that we were really hoping McLaren will develop yeah. in his stint in Germany. That, the loss of pace up front is a, it is a factor though because we've obviously lost well, Ben Calfalarino on one wing as well. We don't know who the third player is likely to start, but. There does appear to be a bit of a lack of pace up front, so it might be a slightly different approach this year. But when they announce that signing, like I kind of look at it as the way this squad is built is they can win three or four different yeah. ways now. They can yeah. really set themselves up to sort of hit on the counter-attack, or if they want to just play, you know, possession-based and Postacoglu-style football, they can. Well, yeah, at least you can't, you can't accuse of me, you know, being only having a plan A and then nothing else. So I said that the squad is built and it can, it can it looks like it can be changed in different ways, different formations. Like, we could even looking at the signings at the moment and the, the roster, there is even a possibility there might be three, three at the back almost. And you, and you can do that successfully. So I, I'm actually optimistic that it might be, you know, good times ahead. The one thing I will say about the squad is you look at the starting lineup, it does project to be a quite an old starting lineup. It goes as expected. You've got Theo in goal. Probably Papadopoulos and Devere at, at the back. Christensen, Mackay, Holman in midfield, and Ben Calfala and Macaroni up front. That's a lot of players over 30 in your projected starting lineup. But there's really only two, two maybe three with Hingard and Corey Brown 
locked in as you'd say first choice. But I feel like that's the way the A League squads are being built now, kind where there's of. a bit more of a focus on winning now. Because yeah. what? How many coaches got the sack last year? Was well, it six or seven? I These can't co- remember. I will but, say Sydney FC squad was a little bit more in the 27-28 range. I think the Raw's championship squads were around 30 there as well. So it's in that 27 to 30 range you're trying to get your starting 11 at. Maybe the Raw's just slightly higher than that, but we'll see how it works out. And look, quite honestly, if the side wins, it yeah. doesn't matter if they're 17, 27, 37 or 87. And, that, and that's basically the message that the fans have projected over the years is that, you know what, the success comes first yeah. and everything else is, is yeah. secondary. The and one thing I really like about this, though, is it's been talked about in the press, is also the, the, the opportunities for Nick D'Agostino to learn from a striker like that. It seems like they're almost grooming him to take the job 12 months from now. And that's someone that can build off a really yeah. productive yeah. season last year where he showed a lot of growth. And so. that's almost an ideal, ideal way of looking at it, too. If, if D'Agostino is the striker of the future, as I certainly believe he is, and it seems the Raw do as well, <laughs> no, if he is, then you've got an experienced professional who's played in the Premier League, the Serie A, and for his national team, teaching him the right way. Uh, the right traits for a year. That's, that is invaluable. Absolutely. And you know what? If nothing else, he's going to bring us a whole lot of excellent pasta puns throughout the season. <laughs> he's also going to bring us a whole lot of discussion because no matter what he does, he's going to be a discussion point, isn't he? That's right. So we're going to move on now to the next story. Scott, tell us about Mitch Oxborough. Okay, so Mitch Oxborough, the former Newcastle Jet and Perth Glory midfielder, he's apparently, I don't think it's official yet to be announced, but it, I think there's been photos of him at training. He's an injury replacement for Daniel Bowles. It's kind of been circulated yeah. the same way that uh, Corey Gramero yeah. was. It's official but not announced because he's been at training. But he's an injury replacement for Daniel Bowles who's out till December, I think. So it's a bit of extra depth in the midfield, which is... We saw him just before. Which is yeah. valuable. Yeah. Oh, look, it's another player that you know can come in, do a job. And yeah. frankly, it just seems like that's what we're going to yeah. be seeing. Is he it's almost like can... the Constantopoulos replacement, really. Except instead of Constantopoulos on a full-term deal... Oxborough was on injury replacement, so that's right, and it's going to be a little bit higher uh, way for, like yeah. a little bit higher caliber than Constant Absolutely, because he does Oxborough have that A League experience. Oh, look, I'm excited. Now, Scott, yes. you can go off on a rant on this one. Adam and I are just going to go to the bar. Okay, luckily you're not there. I'll give you my order, and then you can go. Okay, so <laughs> Melbourne gets the final Socceroos oh, World Cup go. qualifier <laughs> in September instead of Brisbane. Go. Okay. So it's officially announced, and well, I'm not going to talk about the decision itself. I'll talk about what we've seen from the FFA last week, which I think is opportunistic. It was they said, they've released that story. I think it was to Marco in the Courier Mail saying about the something about their sponsorship ads or something. I don't know, but they came out 24 hours after the government were publicly campaigning to get the second second boxing fight here later in the year. So it just seems opportunistic that they're saying, all right, they prefer boxing to football. And this is, this is the excuse we've come up with. And this is the joys of recording on location. We're going through PA announcements. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I think we're all incredibly unhappy with this. Absolutely. But unfortunately, there's not much yeah. we can do aside from say, it, that sucks. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a mess up on both parts. So you can't let FFA off the hook or the state government. They're both equally to blame for this. Just quickly, are we expecting this to be a sellout down in Melbourne? Adam? Um, look, I think it will be, uh, but like I said, it's not hard to get 25,000 yeah. in, into Amy Park. It like better to, be a sellout. Try, yeah, if you, if you had to put it on a bigger ground like Andy had at MCG, no chance in hell, but I think that's yeah. the, the reason behind yeah. it. The smaller yeah. ground, it will at least look full. Because it didn't. the Japan game at Docklands didn't sell out, James, so no. that's probably why they've gone to Amy Park on this occasion. And I suppose potentially the silver lining, if the Socceroos fail to gain automatic qualification, which... Look, we all hope they get straight through to Russia. If they, if the worst comes to worst, 
you know, there might be a qualifier. Well, that's going to be the only way it's going to be possible because we talked about this on the last show. The March friendly date's not going to be an option because of because of concerts. So there's not going to be many dates left before the World Cup that actually suits Suncorp Stadium. So that's right. Now a final news story: the Roar are back in preseason training. We asked Matt Mackay what was going on uh, and how it felt to be back in preseason. It's uh, I mean, we're working hard. It's it's a standard preseason. You you know you're going to be hurting. Um, it's how you deal with it. And, if you're headstrong, then um, you get the most out of it, the beneficial, and, and the team will be firing um, when it really counts. Yeah, so exciting. Guys are all getting back into form. Hopefully there are some players with something to prove, and we're all... Do you want to quickly discuss the um, MPL and the Youth League situation here, or do you want to do it in the... We'll do it in another show. Today. This is our right. FFA Cup preview, um, and we're going to come back to talk about that. This is the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Back to the Brisbane Football Review for the Daily Football Show's Fan Network. It's our FFA Cup preview special. I'm going to talk about the matches involving the Queensland teams. This season we've got five clubs taking part. We're going to look at the semi-professional clubs first of all. Tuesday, August 1, 7.30pm at Dolphin Stadium in Redcliffe. We will all be there and we are very yes. excited to see Peninsula Power take on Melbourne City FC. Absolutely. It's going to be a good game, right? I think it will be. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's a potential for a typical cup set, right? Just the same as Redlands and Adelaide last year. We'll come back to that in a little bit. But first, Power qualified with a 3-0 win over Grange Thistle back in June. We were all yeah, out there we for that there. in the rain. Yeah, yeah fun night. Which has to get us some sort of bonus points. And on Saturday, Adam and I were actually out at AJ Kelly Park to speak with Penn Power captain Trent McAvoy. And we're going to throw to that now. Joining us now on the Brisbane Football Review FFA Cup preview show is captain of Peninsula Power, Trent McAvoy, fresh off his side's 3-0 win over Rochdale in the Brisbane Premier League. Trent, thanks for bearing with the technical difficulties and joining us on the show. No worries, thank you. All right, so first question, what was your reaction when you heard you draw Melbourne City? Uh, we were very excited. The boys all coming into the club to watch the draw and we were all really pumped up to, to get one of the biggest teams in the country, so looking forward to it. And the defending FFA Cup champion. Yeah, too. that too, yeah, that's it. All right, so tactically speaking, the Strikers played Melbourne City in last year's Cup and gave them a real scare before going down 2-1. Is there anything you can learn from that game? Uh, look, we just Strikers did well last year and they, they pressed and, and it obviously worked really hard. Obviously, that's something we need to do again this year. We're just hoping we can take it that one bit, one step further and, and get the victory or at least push them a bit further. You'll be coming on quite a confident note after the win tonight. Yeah, it was a great win tonight for the boys. Um, pushes us back in that title race, so we're looking forward to the rest of the season. Any players in particular looking forward to taking on? Uh, Bruno for me, uh, being a centre half, he's probably the complete player. Technical, strong, um, and then like he scored four goals the other night, so he's um, he's definitely someone that I'm looking forward to playing against and a big challenge. It's going to be a real learning experience for you. Absolutely. All right, so. Is there any sort of advantage that can be gained from the fact you're so far in season, whereas City are just in pre-season? Uh, we're hoping it can sort of give us that little bit of a, a leveler in terms of our fitness levels. Um, albeit they're professionals and they're going to be at that level already. Um, so we're hoping it can just sort of level it and, and give us a chance on the night. 
And you guys have seemed to have been really strong in the games I've watched from about the 70th minute on. Yeah, we've, we've done a lot of work pre-season. Um, we've been working hard all year, so hopefully that'll be enough for us to, to get through the night. All right, so who from your team have you told have to have a big game on the night against City? Uh, there's not one particular player. We've just got to go out and be a unit, um, stand shoulder to shoulder and, and give it our best on the night and, and see what happens. Games being played out here in Redcliffe instead of moved to Perry Park in Brisbane. Are you happy with that? Yeah, absolutely. It's great for the community. Um, hopefully get a big crowd at Dolphin Stadium and, and really cheer us on. Have some vocal supporters tonight, hoping they make the trip too? Yeah, absolutely. We'll get a, we'll get a few thousand there and it'll hopefully be that 12th man we need. And last question, have you got anything clever or witty to say to the City players? Nah, just that we're, we're here on the peninsula and we're ready to go. So I'll see you soon. Beautiful. And that's what Trent had to say. Unfortunately, nothing witty for the Melbourne City players like could he get a loan from Tim Cahill? (laughs) Yeah, so I suppose the big thing for Penn Power right now is like they're in season. City have just started their pre-season training and whatnot. They might actually be quite rusty. Yeah, this is the advantage for the member federation clubs is the the first round and maybe the second round you get to play the A-League teams if you draw them and they're basically cold. It's their first game of one... They might have played one or two games. So it's a great opportunity for them to really test themselves because the, while the technical quality is higher, the A-League players will wear out earlier in the game because their fitness isn't high enough yet. And we saw Melbourne City being run close by a Brisbane club last year, Adam. They, they were. And I think it's... Uh, like, I think uh, Pincher Power, they just got to be fearless in this. Like, you've got nothing to lose and, every, and everything to gain. I think um, at, at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're not expected to do anything. And um, like I said... They, like I said, it's the magic of the cup, I guess. You know, the, an upset could be on the cards. And Queensland clubs have done very well against member, Fed- member federation clubs done well against A-Leagles in the past. Think back to where here at Lions, they put up an unbelievable fight against Perth. Well, it, it took them all the, way to, all the way to the end of extra time before they lost the game. I just mentioned Redlands last year as well beat, beat um, Adelaide. So it, it's absolutely a, it is a possibility that they could, could win the game if they play to their best on the night. And you have to think one way that power are going to be able to get after City is their defence, because that was quite fragile at times last season, and as we saw on Saturday night, power have a couple of players that can score some good goals. Josh Woolley and um, Charles Mendy, they can really, they they may do some damage. Like I said, the way they finished off that game against Rochdale in the the BPL on Saturday night, you'd think that, you know, if they get half a sniff and they can take the opportunities, they they might take the rain down, but again, like I said, this whole the same professionals versus yeah. you know, the pros. Charles Mendy is an absolutely brilliant player. I he really, he's got tremendous pace up front. He's I think I have a really slight man player. crush on him. He was phenomenal. You do as well. <laughs> no, I was remember from his Morton Bay days in the NPL as well. He's a really, really good player, Charles. So Mendy. we're not going to be allowed to any more pen power games, are we? <laughs> <laughs> After the restraining order. So, yeah. So big question: Will they spring an upset, Adam? Look, I don't look. I don't think so. But. When it, but when it comes down, you know, they've got the opportunity to. Yep. 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 So, apologies to our good friend Jordan from up there, Peninsula Power. No, you, I don't think you'll get through. But you'll pull up a good, give a good account of yourselves. Absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if this game winds up going to extra time. I mean, possibly going to extra penalty. time, yeah. And one thing we actually heard was you know, they're expecting a crowd of a couple of thousand. We haven't got a recent update, but... They are also, um, <laughs> announced this week, they're having buses from Kippering, Kippering Station. Train Station yeah. to the game. So if you are if you are worried about driving up there, there is options for public transport. Either way, it's going to be a phenomenal night at Dolphin Stadium. Tickets sure. are still available through the FFA Cup website, so get out there if you can. It's a fair drive from the Brisbane yeah, support, CBD. Support the local teams in the yeah. FFA Cup. Oh, exactly. And look, we want all of them to wind up down there. So yeah, I'm sick of Victorian teams dominating it, so it's time for the <laughs> Queensland teams to get to the later rounds. 
Alright, so we're going to move on to the next match, which is Wednesday, August 2nd, 7.30pm at Palm Beach, Gold Coast City against Western Knights. Gold Coast qualified by beating Caloundra FC 5-1. Current NPL Queensland leaders, can they yes. carry over this form into the game? They're in great form at the moment, they, but they beat the Young Raw 4-0 at the weekend, and they are, they are the best team in the NPL Queensland at the moment. They're in brilliant form. They've got a lot of, a lot of good young players on their side. We've got to come through the Raw... Young system like Ben Leviticus is one, um, Jaden Walker, Matt Schmidt. They've got a really good young side down there on the Gold Coast, and they're clearly building up to something. I think they've got a, I think they're clear favourites in this tie. I know Western Knights won the WA State Cup at the weekend, yep. but I still think Gold Coast City are the clear favourites in this tie. I was actually doing a little bit of research on Western Knights. Bit of an unknown, but they found their way into the draw with the big boys, that being the A-League club. Yep. I got a tip-off on that stat about the... WA Cup from over in the West. So. Yep. Apparently they had a 14-0 win over Bustleton Soccer Club wow. back in April. So it appears as though they've it's got goal- some goals. Yeah. yeah. So will I, so who wins this game, Adam? I think Gold Coast City. I think um, they're, they're they're informed. They you know they like so they they look the you know the best team in NPL as Scott said here yeah. up in Queensland. And look, I I expect them to to win and you know move on. Absolutely. They're in form and they're also really hungry after their failure to make the round of 32 last year, losing to Surface Paradise. They're, I think they're out for redemption. I and the important thing win as well is they've actually been, they've actually been deep, deeper into the yeah. FA Cup as well, so I think they want to go back there. And this game, I think, is at Duncan McKenna Fields, not Rabina Stadium, yes. which is good for them. Yeah, it's g- going to be another case of getting a home ground advantage, which seems to be a really big theme for the Queensland clubs at the moment. They're not being forced into ad- yeah. more adequate stadiums or anything like that. Mm. So, good for them. All right, so at the same time, Wednesday, August 2nd, 7.30pm at Walter Park. Is it where we just tee up, Adam? Because it's his local area? It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, my, my, my local ground. So Adam will be there if yes, anyone I wants to come be, and yeah. give him a crisp high five. <laughs> 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 so Morton Bay qualified by beating Olympic 4-2. This is their first a cup, cup appearance, correct? It is, yes. Um, okay, good. I had that with a question mark yep. in the run. Yeah, yeah, but they do, they do have experience you know, against you know, other MPL clubs they, when they won the won the MPL Queensland two years ago. They yeah. actually made to the semi-finals of the, of the MPL national finals. So Your mate Charles Mendy had a great game actually yeah. at um, QSAC against the Edgeworth Eagles, I think it was. Mm. Yeah, awesome. And Broadmeadow <laughs> Magic, they've been in, uh, they're a Newcastle-based team. They're currently fifth in a five-team title race, so they're still in the mix in their local competition. Mm-hmm. And yeah, scoring goals doesn't, another club where scoring goals doesn't really seem to be an issue. So I think that's going to actually be a really exciting game. I think so. I think this game, I reckon this will go, this will go the distance. I think, uh, I think they're fairly evenly matched. Yep. I think um, and I think it may be just whoever takes their opportunities on the night will move on. Yeah, this is a coin toss game to me, James. Morton Bay is a good side in the NPL. They might, they're probably just outside the top four at the moment. Just yeah, outside so the top got... four at the moment. But um, so, I, think, I think Adam's right. It's an absolute coin toss, this game. It could go either way. Yep. So it's going to be a really interesting game. So we are at Lions FC here in Richlands, and we're just seeing the Royal goalkeepers come out for their warm-up. Yeah. So it looks like all three of them... That's a good leisurely yeah. jog they've got going on at the moment. It's faster than I'll run. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't really talk too much. And then the final uh, NPL team game is Sydney United 58 versus Far North Queensland Heat, Wednesday, August 9th, 7.30pm at Sydney United Sports Centre in New South. It's also a rematch of the first year of the FFA Cup when these two sides met down in Sydney. Yeah, Scott, for the trivia. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, I think it was a 2-0 win for Sydney United that night. But yeah. FNQ are a much different side now. There's a bit more investment gone into their, their club since then. Yeah, so FNQ qualified with a 6-1 six, six, thumping of Mackay Magpies, yeah. which I believe is soon to be the Mackay Whit Sunday's Magpies. 
Vampires Crusaders. Well, it's going to be half of it. Well done. <laughs> Part of, anyway. Um, so, FNQ right in the finals race in the NPL, sitting just three points out at the time of riding. That may have changed in the last 48 hours, yep. for all I know. Only one game this weekend, James. Yeah. Sydney United <laughs> are having a rough go of it, missing Mark Rudan, perhaps. Isn't he back? He is. I heard he was back. Show us how much attention I've been paying yeah. to NPL we don't, yeah, New we South don't Wales. We really pay much attention to uh, New South Wales uh, we've NPL. Got, we've got so. enough high-quality football here in Queensland. <laughs> Absolutely. So. But, uh, but I do think, if we're sort of giving predictions, I do think that um, as a draw come out from the field... Um, yeah, and that's Macaroni. What? Number nine. Oh. <laughs> wow. Hey, well, okay, that's that's some late breaking news, news for you. Just, just back on to FA Cup. Um, <laughs> look, I think Sydney United will win. They're, they're yeah. struggling in they're struggling in the MPL, but I think they're, they're a better team, I think, on yeah. paper, and they should go move on. Sydney United qualified as the um, MPL final series champions last year, I believe, so they've, they've got a good squad down there. I expect them to go win this game. All right, so that's going to be it for this section of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Back to the Brisbane Football Review FFA Cup preview show here at Lions FC. We're here to talk about the Raw versus Melbourne victory FFA, FFA, FFA Cup. I got my cups confused at the moment. Yep. It's James Scott and Adam here tonight. And yes, yeah, Wednesday, August 9th, 7.30pm at Perry Park in Bowen Hills. Raw victory. I'm actually really looking forward to this game. So am I. It's going to be a really good early season test for the Raw. And the victory as well. It'll be good to see where two sides who perennially contenders are at. Where are they at early in pre-season? And both these sides, of course, have qualified simply by being in the A-League. Lucky them. They met in the semis last year with the victory going up 1-0. It's the first meeting for them in the FFA Cup. So it's going to be an interesting yeah, pre-season test for how the two teams are travelling at the moment. Yeah, look, I think um, we won't get too many clues as far as you know, their, their A-League fortunes go. But I, I definitely think you know, the Raw will, will obviously have something to prove. Obviously, yeah. you can't take back the semi-final defeat. Oh. But, you know, look, yeah, it's always good to put one over the victory. A couple of interesting things to watch for here is obviously we talk about Macaroni in segment one. He may or may not make his debut in that game. And also the Raw were really outdone by Victory's press in the semi-final. And I'm not expecting to see that in this game, but if they do bring out that for a small period, it's how the Raw combat that because they struggle to do so in the semi-final. Well, I think they've had an off-season yeah. to work it out. And yeah. for me, the best player on the pitch that night is now wearing the right coloured jersey in Fahid Ben Kalfala. So. I'll be I'll, he's one player I'm actually really yeah. looking forward to see how he sets in because he's got the ability to put in some absolutely brilliant crosses and score on his own. And he's so, going to have a point to prove too after the way he left victory. So yeah, and we just have to hope he doesn't go to hug. He doesn't have to go to hug Kevin Musket. Accidentally do macaroni. So we asked John Aloisi a while ago. You know how important is it for them to get a good cup run? And this is what he had to say. Yeah, no, I'd love a good cup run. And um, you know. The, People that uh, end up winning the FA Cup, uh, you know, they say how important it is. Uh, it is important, 
um, but the, the league is still the most important. But uh, you know, we we're focused uh, in our pre-season so far is preparing well for victory, and uh, and making sure that we can get through that first stage and then hopefully go on a good run. But uh, you know, would love to win everything that we're involved in. How important do you think a good cup run is for the Roar, Adam? Look, I think it's uh, very important. I think at the end of the day, you know, it is, it is silverware. Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, and I think as well in confidence, you know, as well sort of, you know, going, going through, you know, the, the cup. I, I think, you know, it's, it's something now that, you know, that I think fans would cover. I agree with Adam on this. It's, a very, it's important. I mean, you, you're in the game to win silverware, and it just may not be as valuable to a lot of people as the league or the grand finals trophy, but this is a trophy, and it's a trophy that's not in the cabinet at the moment. Yeah. It'd be good to put it in, and it also be Adam's right. It's a good, a good test. If you can go through through the FFA, FFA Cup to make it through the last four kind of time, then the teams who do start the A League. Where you look at some the finals, Melbourne City, Sydney FC, they started the A League really well. So exactly, and I do think you know for this side, it is really important that they gel quickly. And as we were talking about in a previous segment, they've got a lot of their team here ready to go. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I feel like we can actually expect something fairly good out of this game. Hopefully so. Mm. So, venue selection. Perry Park, are we happy with that? Yeah, I'm very happy with Perry Park as an option. I think it's a better option than Ballymore is in terms of people able to get there. It's more accessible for, for public transport for people. I think it's it's a good choice. I, th- I think it's a no-brainer, really, Perry Park. Yeah. I think yeah, it is it is the uh, home of Queensland football. It's mm. very central. And, yeah, like I, also as well, I think I, I did read somewhere that they were capping capping the uh, crowd capacity for that game. So it'll be sort of an intimate feel, but it should be, you know, almost full house. Also, with strikers losing out, it's good to see Perry Park get some use in the FA Cup this year. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to get that in, Scott, with his weekly shot at Brisbane Strikers. Yep. I actually, yeah, I think it's really good, because, like, well, truthfully, where else were they going to go? Well, Ballymore's the only other option. That's yeah. where they hosted it last but, year. But then again, I, I thought Ballymore last year when we played Glory, I thought it was a bit of a bust, I think, that. Yeah. So I think going oh, back to Perry it's, Park... It's hard right to gauge that, because it was... Right in the middle of when their off-field issues were coming to a head, and it was they tried to use it as a fan day membership launch. They're not doing that this year, so it's it's different. It's a different time and a different approach. So memberships are of course already on sale. Absolutely. I yeah, I think Perry Park's gonna be good. Do we know what number they're capping the crowd at? Last year it was five thousand for the Tim Cahill. I did read somewhere Uh, three and a half. Don't quote me on it. Three and a half. Yeah, I think that's what the natural capacity of the ground is anyway. So. Well, I think you're going to get a decent crowd, of course, because you do have two A-League sides matching up, whereas, you know, in previous years, I can imagine, like, if they drew Sterling Lions again, a club from WA, you might have struggled for this as a draw, but... Well, you wouldn't play that in Brisbane, so it wouldn't matter. It was in Perth, yeah. so... Yeah. Well, you know what I mean, though. <laughs> but, yeah, I think we're going to be in for a really interesting match. Who are we expecting to start for the Roar on the night? I think Macaroni and Coletti probably won't feature because of yeah. international commitments. I, I think they'll take right. some of the players slow. Ben Calfala might not start that game as well. I think you're probably looking for... Um, likely to be as strong as possible without taking any risks on players' fitness because you don't want injuries at this time of the year. Yeah, that's it. So and the strongest team you can name without... Risking players would be the way it'll be. Yeah, I think it's gonna. Yeah, I think we're gonna go all out to see the win yeah. and have to hope for the best. And from victory, what are we looking for on their end? Obviously, they've still got a very lethal strike force led by Bessart Barisha. Yeah, they've got obviously they've already Barbarus as well, so that combination is back. And I do, they haven't f- finalised their full squad yet, but underestimate victory at your peril. They, are, even when they look weak on paper, they turn out to be strong. They just 
They're always a contender and a threat. And if anyone's going to be able to get their team motivated, it would be Kevin Musket. I'm scared well, of him. Is Kevin Musket playing for the Raw or is he coaching Victory? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Actually, just looking at the Raw warming up at the moment. So. You, you, know, you can always guarantee that Melbourne Victory are going to be formidable. And they will, you know, no matter what game is, they, they will you know, play and play hard. So, like I said, it's going to be, you know, I reckon it'll be a good game. I think it's probably the best, the pick of the um, draw. Yeah, so... I. We've got two audition chances for some of the young players for the Raw to try and stake their claim for a starting spot. Yep. We've got tonight against Lions FC. Make sure you check out our Facebook page for that. Scott, what's yep. that? Yeah, that's Brisbane Football Review and yep. Raw Review on Twitter. That's right. So we've got yeah a couple of chances, and there's also a friendly against Penn Power, which I feel like is going to be a lot more young players yeah. as opposed to the yeah. way things might be tonight. Four, four days out from the FFA Cup game, you wouldn't expect you know, you know, a full-strength side from the Raw yeah. anyway. Yeah, it's less likely to be a game where it's half-half. Yeah. Maybe it's a, two, a split squad game where half the team plays the first, half-half plays the second, half, something like that. And it is important for these guys to actually have like a match-style run-out. Yeah. At least that's what I think. No, it is. <laughs> if, if, if you're treating FFA Cup seriously, you'd like to get some minutes in the legs of players. So, so that's important. We obviously know, like, we've got a pretty good idea of who the starting 11 are going to be. Is there anyone that you could see possibly coming through and stealing a start, starting spot from a veteran who might be in season with the youth team? Uh, from the youth team or well, one of the younger guys? Yeah, um, I think D'Agostino. Yep. It depends if, if Macaroni is fit enough to start, maybe he will, but I think this, is, this early stage, it's a good, te- good opportunity for him. And... I'm just Cause I'm just thinking because um, Dane Ingham might be another one after his exploits at the Under-20 World Cup and the Confederations Cup. But I don't, I don't know about Coletti because he's been away with the um, Under-23s. So. I would be shocked if we saw Coletti in this game. J- yeah. Not for anything to do with performance, just I think he's going to need an off-season yeah. because he is still young and we don't want to see yeah. him burning out. He's yeah. uh, just, just got to see the team he's in front of, like, staying list, and he's not even named, so... Well, didn't yeah. they... Quite I, don't, I, don't, I, don't think he, I don't even think he's back from uh, Miami yet, so... No, so he's... Because they he's qualified still, for they the stage. Sunday night was the last game, wasn't yeah. it? But I'm actually curious, How do you think D'Agostino would go against victory defence? Because they've got, what, Donachy and Garia in there, so... And they've got to have Reece Williams as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be a good test for him, because victory's defence looks on paper to be one of the best in the competition, and... It'd be a good test for for the whole front three. If, if Brady might be another one who plays in this game, James. Oh, yeah. So this would be a good test for both of them. Excellent. All right, so we're going to wrap up this segment with predictions for that game. I know it's still a couple of weeks away, <laughs> but I've got the Raw winning 2-1. Adam? I reckon Raw 2-1 after extra time. I'm not that specific. I'm just going to say the Raw will win this game. I want right. I want a cup run. It's time we get back to the last 16. Okay, let's we'll, go. We'll just let you hold off to that and stick yep. to the score predictions for the A League season. Deal? Okay. Oh, do you want a score prediction? I'll oh, fine. I'll go one nil. There you go. Works for me. All right, we'll be back after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com.
listening to segment four of the Brisbane Football Review's FFA Cup preview special for the Daily Football Show's fan network. It's James here with you. We've kicked Scott and Adam out and replaced them with two guys who are just a little bit more skilled at football. Raw fullbacks Jack Hingott and Corey Brown. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, cheers, mate. Just uh, a little bit more skilled. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot fitter than all three of us, I guarantee it. So first of all, Jack, how was your off-season? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I went, uh, went on a holiday to America and, uh, and Mexico, so... That was great, me and the partner, love that. Um, and then obviously back into the hard work now with pre-season. Enjoy it while it lasts, right, Corey? Yeah, exactly, yeah. You right. enjoyed yours, didn't you? I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so first of all, you're back in pre-season training now. Corey, is this your favourite time of year? Absolutely, you know, just uh, getting the hill sprints, uh, a bit of running, uh, hard work, so uh, what, what's better? <laughs> running the hills at Ballymore. Exactly, exactly right. Jack, how's it all going? Yeah, it's been good. It's uh, It's been tough. Um like I said, the holiday was great, but after a while, you do start to miss the boys because um, we're used to being around each other every day. So it's always good to get back into it, get back to training. Um, and yeah, it's uh, a lot of running, so that's always fun. You missed Corey most of all, didn't you? Yeah, probably. Exactly. I think he missed me more, to be <laughs> So on to the FFA Cup. We remember the semi-final last season. What was your reaction when we drew Melbourne victory? Uh, yeah, I was uh, excited. I mean, every every year we seem to draw... A, an A-League side, but it's it's a good challenge, you know. Um, if we can get if we can knock a, a big team like Melbourne out, then hopefully we can um, draw someone maybe weaker. But you know, you're going to come against these sides sooner or later, and, and it's our goal to, to win it this year. So um, we're taking it very seriously, and um, you know, uh, we're we're excited to to play Melbourne. You got to beat the best to be the best, right? Exactly, exactly right. And it gives us a, a good chance to have a look at them as well, and hopefully get get one up on them before before we go into the season as well. Um, but yeah, well, like, like I said, we we started from day one preparing for this FFA Cup game, and the boss the boss actually said to us pretty much as a three week preseason to get ready for this game first. So um, we're definitely taking it seriously. Mentally, how do you guys go about preparing for a game so early in preseason? Um, look, it, it it's a little bit tough because obviously you're you're in preseason, you're getting back to match fitness and everything. But we've we've been working really hard the last three weeks, um, so there's no reason why we won't be able to go into this game at at a good fitness level and be able to win it and that's what we want to do how do you go about I suppose getting ready physically as well yeah it's a fine line I mean um uh I guess they 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 smash you um the first three weeks and and get you to that fitness level and uh we'll probably taper off um leading into the game so um we're working hard at the moment and then uh you know the the days leading up to the game we'll probably do a few more tactical sessions and um and figure out what what exactly how we're going to tackle uh, Melbourne Victory. Well, these two sides have played out some classic contests over the last few years. Do you remember anyone in particular? Uh, well, I scored my first goal against Melbourne Victory, so that's one <laughs> that I, I remember a five one win, a five nil win at home. That was yeah. a that was a great night. Um, but yeah, we've we've played even last year the, the first game of the season uh, where Lukey scores a, a late <laughs> equaliser when we're down to ten men. I mean. Uh, it always seems to be a classic when we play with Melbourne, so it should be a really good game. Jack, do you have a favourite? Um, I think there was a couple of years ago where we won the minor premiership um, after playing them at Suncorp, so that was a... Bratton's Thunderbolt. Yeah, exactly, yep. So that was a good memory for me. Um, I definitely remember that one. And I also remember last season, the semi-final, so I think we owe them, we owe them <laughs> for that too. So one advantage of drawing another A-League club is the fact that you get to play this game in Brisbane. Are you expecting a lot, a really good home field advantage at Perry Park? Um, yeah, look, we're going to have our home fans here. Um, obviously, we don't play at Perry Park too often, but it's it's in Brisbane, so we're going to have our fans. The guys from the Den will be there, um, and that's probably the most important. Got to love the Den chance. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a funny one for me. So <laughs> won't get into specifics. Not but, something yeah. that I think we can uh, broadcast on. This. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's good having the home fans behind you as well. So absolutely, and it's such a um, it'll be a really compact stadium, so it should be a really good atmosphere. So one thing that's really stood out to me is how tight knit a squad the Raws had over the last few years. Does that help in terms of building chemistry going forward? Oh, absolutely. I mean. Um, the boys are really good and really tight, and uh, we love doing stuff outside of football together. So, um, if you if you have that friendship and um, camaraderie outside of football, then it's obviously going to show when you're on the field um, that you're going to work work for each other, work hard, and and have each other's back. And it seems like there's always you know two players in someone's Instagram posts and whatnot. So, <laughs> yep, we do spend a bit too much time together. I think, but we yeah, we love it. It's uh, it's always great. And like Corey said, we've got a great bunch of boys here, and we always have had that. Um, and it does show. It shows in games, that's for sure, because um, we all look after each other. We all play together, and you don't have you don't have anyone playing for themselves. Everyone's playing for each other. That's right. Well, there have been a few new signings so far. How are they fitting in? Yeah, they've been great. Um, everyone that seems to come in, in into this club straight away, they say the change room's unbelievable in terms of the, the camaraderie with the boys um, and the relationships um, with everyone inside the change room. So that's one of the first things they say, and they seem to fit fit straight in. One thing we hear about with a lot of really successful teams is they've got a no-idiots policy. Yeah. Is that something that happens in the Raw dressing room as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, pretty much the first thing is you leave your ego at the door. There's no, um, I'm better than you, nothing like that. Um, everyone's the same, um, whether it's the youngest or the oldest. So um, obviously yeah, there's that respect um, between uh, each player. So um, yeah, absolutely no, no idiot policy. <laughs> there's been... You know, a lot of headlines going around about the signing of Massimo Macaroni. What was your reaction when the Raw signed him? Yeah, I was actually um, buzzing. I, I remember watching him um, play for Middlesbrough as a, as a youngster. So, I mean, he's a, a class player and to have someone of his quality in, in, in Australia and at Brisbane is just, uh, yeah, really good. They've talked a lot about being a, uh, him, being, him being able to teach players like D'Agostino. What's something you can learn from him as a defender, Jack? Um... Well, I think at training, marking him um, will help me improve my, my defensive game because um, he's a very smart player and we do come up against some great players in the A-League. Um, so, yeah, marking him every day at training, I'm sure, will give me a bit of an edge against the, the other strikers from the league. Both of you guys started off as backups to Ivan Franjic and Shane Stefanudo. What was that learning experience like and how has it benefited you now as starters? Yeah, I, I um, learnt quite a lot of Shane. I mean, I've, I've publicly said that um, a number of times. Um, he's helped me through my first few years of my career build. And I mean, I, I had my setbacks and he was always there to, to say, um, to like help me um, through them and, and, and told me exactly what I needed to do. So um, yeah, it's good to have people like that uh, to learn from them. So yeah. Yeah, it was great um, having Ivan here with me. He, he helped me out as well. And I learned a lot from him. Um, and then at the same time, it's 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 like this in football where when you get that opportunity, you really want to take it. Um, and since he moved on, it's it's probably been a good thing for me because I've been able to get a lot of game time um, after learning from him for a few years. Um, but yeah, I'm loving it at the moment, and it's it's been great for me um, being in that role um, behind him. And and it keeps you it keeps you hungry. And and now that we've we've been playing some games, there's there's players other players coming through. There's always other players that play your position that want to take your position from you, really. Um, so you always got to be on your toes and always working hard and striving to improve. But are you guys able to act as mentors for players like Dane Ingham, Connor O'Toole and whatnot? Yeah, I think so, of course. Um, I think it's just natural for the younger players to look up to the first-team guys and the older guys like we did um, years ago, um, and we still do, to be honest, to, to the older boys. 
Um, so yeah, definitely. So we saw a different formation on Tuesday night. How long has that been in the works? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I've been spoken about a, a fair bit uh, towards the end of last season. I mean, you start planning, obviously, as soon as the season's over. Um, but pretty much from day one of, of pre-season, uh, the boss implemented that and uh, told us his philosophy and, and where he wants to take us this year. So I'm excited. I, I get to go a bit more forward, both me and Jack. So um, you might see us around the box a bit more, which is always good for us. But um, yeah, no, it should be. it's been pretty successful so far. Yeah, that's good. Any other surprises coming up this pre-season with formations? We might see Jamie Young up at striker. Oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know how many goals it's for, yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, like Corey said, at the moment it looks like we're going to be able to get forward a bit more this season as we're a bit more advanced positions at the moment. Um, and hopefully I can get on the score sheet a few times <laughs> this year, unlike last year. <laughs> and I think it's you know taking advantage of a really strong defensive group with the number of centre-backs you've got and full-backs yep. capable of starting for, I'd say, pretty much any A-League club. Yeah, definitely. We've, um, we've definitely got the squad to do it, so why not? All right, so Corey, you're coming off a fantastic last se- is a fantastic season last year, winning the Gary Wilkins medal. What are you hoping to progress in next season? Corey I'd- Wilkins is... His <laughs> 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 I just want to keep building my game. I mean, um, obviously it's a new role here, um, so I, I'm still adapting to that, um, trying to work out um, my, my um, combinations with players and... Um, I'm really looking forward to uh, thriving in that position. So uh, the Socceroos play a very similar uh, formation. Uh, I've played under Ange before, so I mean, if I can do well enough, I'd obviously love to play for Socceroos one day. And I mean, that's an aspiration of mine. So um, you set yourself goals, and and I want to keep ticking them off. Well, there is a big tournament coming up next June, I think. So I think yeah, um, it's in Russia, maybe. <laughs> Not sure what it's called. <laughs> You've got a passport, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, you hoping to take the Gary Wilkins medal off him this year? <laughs> Yeah, I might have to. Um, yeah, look, like like Corey said, we're always thriving um, and try, and striving to to uh, improve um, and be at our best. And yeah, that 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 was great for Corey last year. He had a really good season, um, so I'm happy for him. But yeah, I'll try and take it off him this year. I think. <laughs> All right, so Jack, you're one of the fan favourites. How do you cope with the extra attention, <laughs> especially uh, on social media? Yeah, um, he loves it. He <laughs> loves it. I'm not too sure about that, but um. Yeah, no, I, I love the fans. I think our fans are great. Um, there's one fan in particular that you guys all know, um, that she's been great. She's supported me non-stop, uh, Tegan. So um, that's been good for me. And I, I enjoy I enjoy um, being involved with the fans after games and at appearances. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I do. I love it. And thanks for that mention of Tegan. That's doubled our audience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so last question. I feel it's the most important one I'm going to ask you. Who holds a head-to-head advantage between you two and FIFA? I'd oh. probably say me. No, definitely not him. <laughs> um, to be honest, we haven't been playing FIFA too much lately, but when we were playing, I think I used to beat him a fair bit. Um, he'll always tell you that he's the best at everything and he'll uh, beat everyone at everything. But um, yeah, it's definitely It gets not pretty true. competitive, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. no matter what we do. I can yeah. imagine. And you're both campaigning EA Sports for higher ratings this year? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah I'm, I hope so. I'm all for the highest, the better. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully better than Jack. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see how we go. All right, guys. Thanks for, uh, for your time this afternoon, and we'll be back after this. No worries at no worries. all. Cheers, man. That's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Thanks to Lions FC for giving us the recording space on Tuesday. It's an excellent club. Scott and Adam, thanks for the time. Thanks to the Raw for the press conference audio. And a massive thanks to Trent McAvoy, Corey Brown, and Jack Hingott for joining us. It was a pleasure to have them all on. Get out to the games over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be some excellent football all around. Good luck to all teams in the FFA Cup, but better luck to the Queensland side. We're hoping for five wins. We'll be back in a few weeks to look at how they went. This has been the Brisbane Football Review.
Thanks for listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.